0: Howdy! This is the Views from the Shop Podcast. I'm your host, your one and only host, Tim Miller. And today, it is Saturday, it is March, it is March 2nd, 2024, and I wish you a very, very, very happy National toddle Waddle Day. Today's show, welcome back, first of all, is brought to you by Big Banter Sports. It's great to have you back here on the Views from the Shop podcast, and I'm just gonna tell you right now. I always ask you to subscribe, but for this episode, and always, there's always reasons to subscribe, but especially today, I ask that you subscribe. There are some big things in the works with this podcast, bigger than I would have ever imagined. Mm, a month. A year and a month ago when I began this show, things have moved very quickly. I've been able to really get to know and learn a lot about this Ohio State basketball program. And I cannot share anything right now, but I would just say, so you don't miss out, subscribe to the Views from the Shop Podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. Make sure you find us on Twitter, at the Shop Pod, on Instagram, at the Shop Pod, and on youtube so thank you for being here ohio state basketball for the first time all season at least at a point in the season where it really matters has something to be excited about you go back to thanksgiving when ohio state upset alabama and knocked off santa clara crushed santa clara and then beat minnesota at home in the big 10 you said "Hmm, this team could be really good this team Could be fighting for, I don't know, a double bye in the Big Ten Conference Tournament. Well, that didn't happen, but now at this point, Ohio State is on the bubble. It's on the very, very outside of the bubble, and the bubble is very large and could pop at any second. Well, technically not at any second, but I don't know, around 6 o'clock Eastern on Sunday, yeah, that bubble could pop, but... We're excited about Ohio State basketball and the fact, the prospect that these Buckeyes could go dancing in March. And it starts, of course, or continues with this game against Michigan. Now, we're going to preview this game. It is mm, preview the game, not the game, not that the game, but, but you get it. We're going to preview the game here against Michigan and talk about how we think Ohio State matches up with Michigan. Now, if you saw the tweet. If you're listening on Saturday, it was earlier this morning, I posted a quick clip of Michigan and its poor defensive transition um, effort. And we're going to talk about Michigan's defense. We're going to talk about Michigan's offense. We're going to go into keys to the game, some banger bets, which I have three at least right now that we'll be looking at before we get into predicting this game between Ohio State and Michigan tipping off at 4 Eastern in the shot senior day. I will be there. And by the way, Ohio State will be celebrating Owen Spencer, Dale Bonner, Jameson Battle, and Zed Key on Senior Day, which should indicate that Zed Key probably will be packing it up and heading out of Columbus after this season, even though he does technically have one more year of eligibility. So just be advised, if you're going to the game like I will be on Sunday, tomorrow, Last time you'll see Zed Key in person, most likely, unless you go travel to another Ohio State game. So give him your love, give him your best, because he has been an absolute fighter for Ohio State basketball in his four-year career in Columbus. Now, let's talk about Michigan, shall we? The importance of this game cannot be overstated. Not insofar as Ohio State picking up a win in this one would help their resume, because it wouldn't. It's a quad three win. Michigan for what it's worth, is not very good so far this year. They're 3-15 and in the Big 10, 8-21 overall. They've lost six games in a row, but it is an absolute can't lose for Ohio State. This is a quad three home game. Ohio State cannot afford a quad three home loss added to its resume at this point. So while the win doesn't do much for you, the loss effectively ends Ohio State's NCAA tournament hopes unless they make an incredible run in the Big Ten tournament so again this is not a big game in that when you look at the games this weekend you're not going to jump out and say oh Ohio State Michigan what a big game that's going to be that should be a close matchup not really the implications for Ohio State winning this game are not big but if Ohio State loses it, it is daunting for the Buckeyes chances to make it to the NCAA tournament so Michigan sitting at 8-21, and 3-15 and in the Big Ten, losing six games in a row by an average of 17 points. By the way, they've also lost 12 of their last 13 games. And of course, that stretch was broken by Michigan toppling Ohio State. What was that? Martin Luther King Jr. Day, I believe, in January. And they've lost another crazy number, like, I don't know, 17 of 19 games or something like that. I didn't go back that far. But all that to say, Michigan is ice cold right now. While they have lost these six games in a row by an average of 17 points, the net doesn't like Michigan either. They're 129th in net rankings. They've dropped 11 spots from the previous net rankings that were released. They do own three quad one wins. So good on you for that, Michigan. They're 119th in Ken Palm, a little bit better in Ken Palm. Only Arkansas, Notre Dame, West Virginia, thanks for nothing, West Virginia, by the way, Georgia Tech, Missouri, Oregon State, Louisville, Vanderbilt, Georgetown, and of course, DePaul. Only those teams are worse in the Ken Palm among Power Six teams in comparison to Michigan. So this is about as low as it gets for a program that has made several runs in the NCAA tournament over the past decade or so. And Juwan Howard in those hands yet still are in Ann Arbor. However, their strength and conditioning coach has left the program. So we got to dive into Michigan and figure out why are they so bad? Where are they good? Where are they bad? Where are they ugly? And offensively, this team actually isn't that bad. They're 83rd in adjusted offensive efficiency, according to Ken Palm. 74 points per game this season, 45% from the field, 37% from the three-point line. All in all, this offense doesn't necessarily suck. This is called foreshadowing, folks. Um, When you dig deeper into the offensive numbers, though, for Michigan, this is where you start to see the warts. Turnovers are a clear issue for this team. 16.1% turnover rate and averaging 13 turnovers per game. Now, Doug McDaniel Not the solution here. He's not played away games until a couple days ago where he was reinstated to play away games and only play home games for those Wolverines. He's not the solution. He leads the team among active players on the roster. He leads the team in turnovers with 2.5 turnovers per game. And it doesn't really matter where you look. Everyone on this team struggles with turnovers with one exception Will Shedder doesn't really handle the ball that much, but he doesn't turn the ball over much. Outside of him, everyone is bottom 50th percentile in turnovers per game. Now, Ohio State should have some extra possessions in this one because of that. However, it's hard for you to get really excited about that. Outside of the Purdue game, where Ohio State forced 14 turnovers against the Boilermakers and that huge upset victory Ohio State still has not been a, a majorly turnover forcing team under Jake Diebler the Buckeyes have forced eight eight and nine turnovers over the past three games under Jake Diebler that is far below Michigan's average of 13 turnovers per game so yeah Michigan doesn't take care of the ball very well but Ohio State necessarily won't really take advantage of that game now While Michigan is a great perimeter shooting team, as we said, they're shooting 37% from behind the three-point line this season. While they're a great three-point shooting team, they cannot, they simply cannot support and produce outside of the three-point line. So against Rutgers, they shot 26% from behind the arc. They got absolutely walloped by Rutgers, by the way, on Thursday night. While Ohio State was enjoying a win, resting, Having a, a post-game meal and replenishing fluids. All those types of things. Michigan was over in New Jersey just absolutely getting their their blood splattered across, across the hardwood by Rutgers. Now during this game again, they shot 26% from three. Well below their average season long. And they only scored 52 points. Now on the flip side against Purdue, they shot 43%. Guess how many points they scored? They scored 76 points so the three-point ball was huge for them in that game but are you ready for a little snip snap snip snap here i got some for you okay against northwestern they shot 73 percent from behind the arc 73 percent and they still managed to score only 62 points because again this team without the three ball It still doesn't matter. They can produce from deep. They're not going to score a lot. Against Nebraska, they shot 33%. That's not awful. That's not bad for a game at all. And they still only scored 59 points. Are you noticing a trend here? Whether they make a bunch of triples or not, it does not matter. They have nothing to support those shooters. Now... We can give Michigan some credit offensively. Number one, offensive rebounding. They've got a 31% offensive rebounding rate season long, and that's solid. They score 11 points per game off second chance points. That's fine as well. But ever since Michigan lost Oliver they they need someone to make up for this production. And they've lost three points per game over the past three games without him second chance points-wise, and they've gone from 70th percentile in second chance points per game to 39th percentile over the past three games without Oliver Kamwa. Now, at this point, I said, hey, let's give Michigan credit for something. I'm not sure that you can now with that subtraction from the team. No one has really stepped up to help out Michigan. So overall, is it a good shooting team Is Michigan? Yes. Outside of that, Let's move on to the defense. Oh boy, uh, ladies and gentlemen, get your barf bags ready. Michigan, we're, we're about to talk about Michigan's defense, and you're you're going to be nauseous. Uh, I was on a flight from where was that? Columbus to to DC. It was a connecting flight this week, and the atmosphere was unstable," said the pilot. Unstable was an absolute, it was the, the understatement of the year. And it's only, at that time, it was only February 27th. That was the understatement of the year, and it will continue. Not only that evening did we have reported tornadoes here in this great state of Ohio, but during that flight, it was about as turbulent as I've ever experienced. Maybe one other flight that I've had. And I I fly an okay amount. Not a, not a bunch, but an okay amount. And I tell you what if if that was any indication that tornadoes would be coming my goodness i i don't i i don't know if if barf bags are still supplied in that seat pocket in front of you on flights but if not they need to add them back because a uh, brother was feeling nauseous speaking of nausea you're going to need to so just just pack in the pepto bismol if you're watching this game when it comes to michigan's defense They're 187th in adjusted defensive efficiency. That's not awful. But what is, is that they're allowing 79 points per game defensively. Care to to guess where that is? NCAA ranks wise? Well, it's 330th. Absolutely awful. They allow 46% of shots from the field to go in. And 36% of shots from the three-point line... To go in. So while we talked about Michigan's offensive abilities and how they shoot the ball really, really well, right? Defensively, not really. 45% from the field offensively, 46% from the field defensively, 37% from the three point line offensively, 36% from the three point line defensively. So they're a great shooting team offensively. But they are, with, with the vigor that they are good shooting, that same vigor is how bad they are defensively. They're poor in transition. I, I tweeted that out already this morning. You can find loads of tape over the past couple games of Michigan basketball that I've watched where they just, they fail to get back defensively. They fail to stop the ball defensively. They fail to rotate it's just it's it's horrible defensive transition basketball they're really really bad at guarding screens as well. they switch screens a lot. they force their big men to guard the ball on the perimeter. so if you've got I don't know a Bruce Thornton who can get slippery and and pull up hit a three or drive by hit a layup hmm feels good as long as you space which Ohio State has done better with over the past several games under Jake Diebler. As long as you space, you'll be able to beat this team when it comes to using screens on the ball. Uh, they're poor on-ball defenders as well. Poor, oh my goodness, poor Cheddar. I mean, they'll ask him to come out and guard a three-point line, and he can't do it. None of the big man can. Even even the smaller players, when you go into the post, it does not really matter for Michigan. They do not have strong defenders on the ball whatsoever when you're at the three-point line when you're in the paint and speaking of of when you're in the paint the the functional strength that michigan carries at this point is not there doesn't matter I, i keep mentioning cheddar i don't know why but it could be Terrace reed jr uh up and down the list you go this is not a good team defensively guarding the ball. On the ball, on the perimeter, or on the ball, in the paint. They lack the functional strength as well, which is funny. Nah, I'm not going to go there. Just not a good team, defensively. They pulled down only 69% of defensive rebounding chances. That is not good. They've got a 6% steal rate, 9% block rate. Both of those are hideous. So, if you're wondering why Michigan allows nearly 80, 80, 80 points per game. Defensively, well... Just imagine a really bad defensive team pretty much everywhere. That's Michigan defensively. How about storylines in this game? It's time to stop talking about Michigan. How about storylines? Well, we're going to continue talking about Michigan for a second here because we got to talk about Doug McDaniel. Now, he gets to play on the road again. Welcome back to the travel, the rigorous travel schedule of the Big Ten Conference, which cannot compare to next year's Big Ten. Actually, ACC, I mean, we've got freaking Cal traveling to Virginia for God knows what reason, because that's what college sports is these days. Someday in the summer, I should talk to you about and just lament the state of college sports. But today is not that day. Uh, Jawan Howard in his hands, the only ones who know why Doug McDaniel is playing on the road again. Apparently, the quote, I'm pretty sure this may be verbatim, but it's pretty close. He said he's done what he's needed to do. So, good job, Doug doing your homework uh he's averaging 17 points per game 37 percent from deep he doesn't shoot a lot of three balls in comparison to other players on this team but this student section of ohio state on senior day should very much enjoy that doug mcdaniel is traveling again while ohio state maybe as a roster would prefer he not travel michigan prefers that he does obviously this student section is all in on getting getting the chance to make fun of of Doug McDaniel coming up here on Sunday. Michigan did not win a game without Doug McDaniel, but they haven't won many with him either, so not sure that that's a huge deal. But just the student section hopefully will give him some some choice words. Not in a, in a super offensive or inappropriate way, but just some good good old-fashioned banter as student sections should do. We'll hope for that, but Ohio State's going to have to take care of Doug McDaniel and guard him well. He's slippery. He can shoot the three. He's got range as well. He's the guy you're going to have to watch out for. Terrence Williams, the second, also another player averaging 12 points per game for Michigan. Outside of that, you don't get a lot of consistent scoring. Uh, By the way, do you recall when when George Washington II decommitted from The Ohio State University and then committed to Michigan. When he decommitted, this was the fan base saying, oh my goodness, look at this program, look what Chris Holtman is doing, which that part, to this to this point, uh, every time Ohio State wins, it makes Chris Holtman and the decision to keep him around for this season look even worse, but I'll move on from that. George Washington II now playing for Michigan, As a freshman, he's played in 19 games. He's averaging 1.2 points per game. He is 11% inside the three-point line. He is 25% from behind the three-point line. All the percentiles, all of them. He barely qualifies to to even be involved in any of these rankings, but the percentiles across the board. Points per game, second. Two-point percentage, one. Three-point percentage, 18th. Assists per game, sixth. Offensive rebounds per game, first. Defensive rebound per game, first. Steals per game, first. Blocks per game, 26. Turnovers per game, 97th. Hey, we found someone who doesn't struggle with turnovers on Michigan. Just just, just have to say it. Jason Chapman maybe hasn't been the biggest producer for Ohio State this year. That's who they took instead of George Washington the second. But golly, golly. Thankful we've got George Washington in Michigan and Tayson Chapman on this Ohio State team. Okay, Uh, other storyline in this one. How about Senior Day? Welcome to Senior Day in Columbus. And not just that it is Senior Day, but Jameson Battle's desire to win? My goodness, that's got to propel him forward. Is he going to drop 25, 30, 35? Who knows? But I expect Jameson Battle to go off in this one. And just... Watching this team, watching the effort, watching the intensity that they played with the past couple days under Jake Diebler, it has been better than what they played with under Chris Holtman. That's just a fact. There's been some changes made since Diebler has been named interim head coach over Chris Holtman as Ohio State parted ways with him. The energy, the effort. Jamison Battle has a fire within his belly, and he is going to ask this team to gird their loins and go out and keep the Buckeyes in the fight for an NCAA tournament berth because Jamison Battle is desperate to play in the NCAA tournament. So keeping an eye on him, keeping an eye on the seniors in general, because it's senior day. Last thing in in terms of storylines here. Will Ohio State continue to push the basketball in transition? One one of the most stark differences under Jake Diebler is how Ohio State has scored in transition. Under Chris Holtman, Ohio State scored five fast break points per game. That accounted for 7% of Ohio State's points. And that was second percentile in college basketball. That is to say very, very bad. And that was a major critique of mine. Of Chris Holtman was the fact that, hey, if you're bad in the half court, why are you not pushing the ball when you get the chance to go and hopefully get a two for one or a three on two type of opportunity? Just go. Just go run and try to go score in transition because then you don't have to go sit in your half court set for 25 seconds after a couple ball screens at the top of the key, a couple triple handoffs, and then Bruce Thornton throw up a shot with two seconds on the shot clock. Maybe we push the ball. Under Jake Diebler, they now average nine fast break points per game, which isn't, it's not earth shattering good. It's solid. It's much better than the, where they were. And that accounts for 13% of their points. They've nearly doubled their fast break point production under Jake Deebler. Now, Michigan is a poor transition defense team. Already talked about it on this episode. They get back without urgency, they fail to stop the ball, and they allow nine fast break points per game, which is exactly what Ohio State is scoring under Jake Diebler. So, storyline, something to watch for in this one is, will Ohio State continue to push the ball, and will Ohio State see success off of that? So, that's what I've got for storylines in this one. We got to get to predictions. We got to get to banger bets. And of course, we'll close out the show with some final thoughts. But before we get there, got to talk to you about college basketball analytics, Cbbanalytics.com. Now I've had people across the year say, man, I, I listened to your show. I listened to you talk about CBB analytics. I didn't do anything. And then I signed up and boy, was it worth it. Cbbanalytics.com. I I can explain to you all day and twice on Sunday how valuable this platform is But if you want to be the smartest college basketball fan in the room, if you want to be the most informed, if you want to understand teams at the most granular level possible, cbbanalytics.com is the place for you. You can get access to stats that no one else has. These stats have been featured on places like ESPN. Ever heard of it? Big Ten Network. Ever heard of it? Many other places. They're getting bigger and bigger on Twitter. I would hate for you to miss out on the fun. So go to cbbanalytics.com right now. You can use the code SHOT, that's S, S-C-H-O-T-T, SHOT, short for Reviews from the SHOT Podcast. If you use that code, you'll get an entire month free for signing up. And again, highly recommend it. So go to CBBanalytics.com, use the code SHOT, get an entire month free. Okay, so uh, Keys to the Game is where we'll go now. And I've got some creative ones in terms of titles for this one. Number one key to the game, are you ready for this? Are, are, are you are you ready? For for this sentence that I'm about to say, I'm going to tell you right now, you're not number one. Give me an iPad kid game. Now you may be asking yourself, what the heck does that mean? Uh, what does an iPad kid love? iPad kids love screens. They love sticky fingers. They love spilling their drinks. They love staring at screens all day. Doesn't matter. Is it an iPad? Is it a TV? Is it a phone? Don't care. I I've I've I'm already developing that that humpback in in the back of my neck because all i do is stare at screens and i i also tend to be somewhat disrespectful towards authority but uh that's neither hither nor thither um give me an ipad game i want to see screens all over the place from ohio state michigan like i said horrible defending screens they get lost they switch their big men onto guards that's where they will get cooked whether it's cheddar whether it's reed they cannot guard the ball and if you pull them out to the three-point line using screens to get them there bruce thornton Jamison battle oh, can you imagine can you imagine the timbers being shivered when Jamison battle has cheddar on him and he he's got six seconds left on the shot clock. And Cheddar is it's one dribble. And he bites on that first dribble. Jamison Battle step back. Three. Bang. Cash. Send Mike Breen to Columbus so we can just shout bang, 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 with the with the voice cracks and the energy. Give me all of that. That is what I would expect if Ohio State continues to utilize screens. Like they have over the past couple games. Jake Diebler, the motion, it has been much more active. The off-ball movements and the screens. Ohio State has been using the screens better under Diebler. So, yeah, give me an iPad game. I want to see screens all over the place. Sticky fingers, though, I can go without. Second key to this game, sprinkles. Sprinkles, not splashes. This is for Ohio State defensively. I talked about how good Michigan is shooting from deep. If you allow them to hit a few, that is to sprinkle a couple threes within this game, that's fine. The defense can make up for it elsewhere. Michigan doesn't produce a lot offensively outside of that. And Ohio State, if they continue to shoot the three ball well like they have over the past couple games, then you feel okay with that. But if you struggle to defend the deep ball, and we're not seeing sprinkles, we're seeing flat-out splashes in this one, Michigan will have a chance to be in this game. Speaking of being in this game, I haven't really given my thoughts on where I think this will go. Uh, That should be a little bit of a spoiler alert for you. So, sprinkles, not splashes. Defend the three-point ball. Don't allow Michigan to go out there and go 12 of 25 from the three-point line. Please, for the love of God, don't let me see that. Uh, Banger bets. You want some? I got some. I'm anti-spread, and I will always be anti-spread. I am so anti-betting on the spread, but Michigan has lost six games in a row by an average of 17 points. They have only had one loss during the six-game losing streak. That was a single-digit loss. And that, only God knows how, was to Purdue. They lost by eight. So, if this spread happens to come out at, I don't know, nine and a half, you better hammer that. Uh, I mean, 12, 13, 14. I don't know i don't know i'm just saying i'm just saying keep an eye on the spread in this one we're looking at past performance past performance does not indicate how you should place a bet but past performance combined from one team combined with another team's past performance combined with style of play kind of allows you to get a good feel for how this game may go i'll just leave that at that for now second one Guards should have a game in this. Uh, Bruce Thornton, Roddy Gale, Jameson Battle doesn't really matter. Don't really care. Someone's going to get buckets in this game. It's just a matter of who. So if you want to put together, I don't know, Bruce Thornton to score 20, and then sprinkle some more on Roddy Gale to score 20, and then sprinkle some more on Jamison Battle to score 20, if you go with like 0.3 units on all of those, you might end up being profitable. I'm just saying. Just just throwing that out there. Ohio State's team total as well. They scored 73-plus points in three or four games under Jake Diebler. Of course, they only scored 60 against Michigan State, but they still won. Michigan, poor defensive team. Just do the math, folks. We'll take a look at that one as well. Uh, prediction. I'm not taking Michigan seriously. I'm not, but I'm allowed. The Ohio State Buckeye team is, is not allowed to not take Michigan seriously, though. This is a huge game for Ohio State. There is so much pressure on Ohio State to simply not lose this game. And they cannot go out there and play not to lose. They need to play to win. And if Jake Dealer communicates that and the messaging to the team is, we go out there and we dominate for 40 minutes and then we get a week off. We get a lot of time to recover. Give me your best for 40 minutes. Will Jake Dealer continue to sub as much as he does, as much as he traditionally has? I would say, Probably yes, because you're coming off a game on Thursday, the game against Rutgers uh, coming up a week from Sunday. That's a game where I would expect maybe a little less substitutions because you have to win that game. But Jake Diebler has subbed a lot. Regardless, the messaging to this team, I'm sure, will be, go win this game, go dominate, do not play not to lose. You cannot be conservative, you cannot be careful, you got to go out and you got to play to win. Boy, that's cliche as heck. I hate that I said that. And I wish I could clip that out. You know what? I can clip it out, but I won't. Um, Again, I'm not taking Michigan seriously. I would project an Ohio State win in this one by 10 points or more pretty easily. We'll see what Vegas says. But my odds, I would put this at like Ohio State favored by 12 and a half or something like that. By the way, sometimes I'll guess. And I should guess. I need to start guessing in these preview episodes what the spread will be. I believe Ohio State, the the line when I saw Ohio State was favored by, it was either four and a half or three and a half against Maryland. Not Maryland, sorry, Nebraska. And I had, if it was four and a half, I had three and a half. Or if it was three and a half, I had four and a half. A point off. That's pretty impressive, huh? Pretty good. Um, Ohio State, I expect to win this game somewhat easily. And if they lose, NCAA Tournament hopes dashed. So no pressure, Bruce Sorton and company. Bruce Sorton should be back for this one, by the way. We'll see Zedkey most likely for the last time within the shot. So if you're going to the game, I encourage you to do so. By the way, it is a scarlet out the shot is the theme for this game so make sure if you're going to the game you're wearing scarlet appreciate you listening to this show subscribe 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 huge things coming for this show i don't want you to miss out and i thank you for being here i will shut up before you shut me off go bucks